You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is that guy, Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you today? I am terrific. How are you? I am good as well. We are going to continue to recap the NFL draft. Uh, We had you covered on running backs back on Monday. We talked wide receivers yesterday. So, Matt, we're going to... Uh, finish up the the general overview conversation with both quarterbacks and white. I'm sorry, quarterbacks and tight ends today. Nice. I have one quick question for you before we start, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I know you're super active in all these leagues. Have you had a rookie draft yet? I have. Uh, I've had. I've had a couple of rookie drafts. Uh, I'm in. Um, I'm in two of the DLF Champion Series leagues, which are, are basically. Uh, three-year leagues with a kind of a unique point system. Um, did not do as well in either of those as I would have hoped in year one, which was last year. So I had the I had the 1.03 pick in one of those and the 1.07 in hmm. uh, in one of those as well. They are super flex and tight end premium. And when I say tight end premium, I mean it. Uh, you, the the PPR scoring is double. So uh, we're talking, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, compared to, of course, running backs and, and wide receivers. I think it's one PPR for backs and receivers, two PPR for tight ends. So it's it's a big premium. Kyle Pitts was going, obviously, very early. And all of those, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, for the most part, it's been Trevor Lawrence as the top pick in most of those drafts. Uh, what about you? Any rookie drafts yet? Yeah, I'm in uh, my one super flex league. I'm into round four, and I don't really like this rookie class that much, especially when you go through that, you know, whole. I, I won the league last year, so I had the last pick in each round. I had already sold off my first rounder, so through, you know, the, I, I, the pick at the end to finish the second round and a pick to finish the third, I ended up with Ramonde Stevenson and Khalil Herbert. Like, eh. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It does feel like it it drops off uh, not only faster maybe than the past couple of years that we've we've been spoiled with a little bit. Right, uh, right. But I, I think the drop might be uh, even deeper. Of course, there there's plenty of, lo- of love for Jalen Waddle or or Devonte Smith. Those guys are going in the mid first round range. But then you know after that, it, it, Rashad Bateman. Right. We talked about the concerns with landing spots with him. Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, both fall into the second round. Um, A lot of the receivers are just so small, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it's and just it's not a deep back class. Not at all. Not at all. I'm yeah. I'm not sure there's a. Uh, you said you took Stevenson there in the late second. In general, I'm not sure if there's a a running back that I would really even want in the second round. Obviously, Trey Sermon is going to go there with what's viewed as a pretty good landing spot. Michael Carter will be a second yeah. rounder in, in most drafts as well. Uh, 
I'm not doing uh, you, cartwheels for those guys. No, no, I'm not either. I mean, that's that's kind of what this class has done to us, that you get, you know, honestly, average backs like that that land in pretty good landing spots, and uh, and now we're chasing them with early second-rounders. I would not yeah. be doing that. Look, look for those wide receivers, uh, or maybe even the quarterbacks. I, I think in this class, and, and we'll get to them here in just a moment, but I think – uh, Lance and Fields and, and certainly Trevor Lawrence should be considered in the late first or early second round, even in one quarterback leagues. Yeah, I'm starting to lean that way too, and not my style. I know, I know. It feel, feels a little weird. Let's get to those quarterbacks, Matt. We're, we're going to skip over Lawrence and Wilson a little. We basically knew that these two guys would be the top two picks. That's how it played out. The intrigue really started at the third pick with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I had started to buy in, or, or had had been buying in fully to the reports that Mac Jones was going yeah, to be their too. target. Um, I, I didn't love it, but I was, I was believing it. They, they got me. They got a lot of people uh, in the media and, and a lot of uh, NFL draft fans, fantasy players as well, because they took Trey Lance the. Uh, the small school quarterback, North Dakota State, but you know anybody you you uh, ask will tell you that this kid has just huge upside. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Did not trade him as as was speculated, and of course they still could do that. But as of right now, it looks like both of those guys will go into the season on that team. We would assume Garoppolo would start the season at least. I would uh, think. But what do you think about the fit for Trey Lance there in San Francisco? I like it quite a bit. Um, I think they're really an, an offense that's very difficult to defend. Here are a couple of my little concerns, though. You kind of touched on it. I bet Jimmy's the starter, and I think they'll be competitive with I mean, they could be a playoff team with Jimmy, and they've proven that before. Does Lance sit for a while? And if Lance sits for a while, I mean, is sitting, playing one game in three years really the, the recipe for this guy? I mean, I, I don't think that's what you want at all. Um, a slight concern, just schematically, is this system really, you know, wants accuracy after the catch, and he's not the most accurate guy, although we've seen the Josh Allens of the world and Dak Prescott's get more, you know, more uh, accurate at this level. Um, and I also wonder... When that offense is humming with Lance behind center, will it be a high-volume passing attack? I know he makes up for it for his legs, but I bet he doesn't throw a lot of passes. Yeah, that's fair. And, and for you know for fantasy purposes, I'm not sure he needs to. We've, uh, no, I know. We've seen uh, so many quarterbacks in recent years, of course, Lamar Jackson, um, namely among them, who have... Uh, not only succeeded as as a fantasy producer, but really seen their production bolstered by their running game. I think Trey Lance can do that as well. Uh, Matt, one pretty cool feature we have over at Dynasty League Football is uh, real-time rookie Dynasty ADP. We, we do some mock drafts there, but we also pull rookie ADP from my fantasy league. Uh, as As we talked about at the top of the show, so many rookie drafts are kicking off already, not waiting uh, until later in the offseason or, or even uh, even a few days after the NFL draft. They're, they're in gear already. We've got 
about 120 Superflex rookie drafts already in the books. And based wow. on based on that ADP data, Trey Lance is the 1.02 pick, uh, of course, behind Trevor Lawrence, who, who seems to be locked in uh, with that top pick. So after Lawrence, kind of the slam dunk 101 in the Superflex format, it's Trey Lance as the 1.02. I'm good with that. That would be my pick as well. In fact, I saw our buddy uh, Sigmund Bloom say Trey Lance should be the 101 in this format. Hmm. I agree that he should be the 102. Um, we haven't mentioned Justin Fields yet, but I think Fields is closer to two than he is to Wilson at four. Yeah, yeah, I would I would probably agree with that as well. I do want to get your thoughts on Fields. Uh, fell a little bit further than some thought. I want to know your thoughts as well on the landing spot. We'll do that right after this break. Hey fans, listen up. Uh, Nugenix, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. I mean, it's free. Uh, get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T. You, you text them the word DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, all caps. Text that to 231231. Uh, th- this unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with the key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. So you're getting two things here. Just text the word DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Matt, let's talk about Justin Fields. He falls to the 11 pick, the Chicago Bears, who were sitting there at 20. Uh, they, they were just too tempted. Made a, a smart move, in my opinion, traded up with the Giants to, to choose Fields. And, and he's immediately, I think, the most talented quarterback they've had Ever? I mean, maybe in 20 years, maybe ever. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it certainly will feel like uh, forever for, for Bears fans. Uh, they just simply haven't had a quality option at quarterback uh, for years. You know, Jay Cutler was, was kind of close. He was the closest thing they've had, I think. Uh, but we, can, we could probably go back to Jim McMahon since they really had uh, that star quarterback. And, of course, it, it remains to be seen if, if Justin Fields can turn into that but what did you think about uh, both Fields' landing spot with the Bears and also the decision by Denver and Carolina to pass on Justin Fields? Yeah, uh, Carolina I understood. I, th- I thought that was all a smokescreen and that they were going to build around Darnold, and I understand that. Denver, unless I think they're going to regret that heavily. Unless somehow Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver still, and maybe they needed Sertain to make that happen. And when Sertain was drafted, I thought, boy, he's going to end up in Green Bay soon. They're drafting him for another team. But in the meantime, you pass to what I think was the second best quarterback in this draft. So in a way, I think it was the pick of the draft. I give the Bears all the credit in the world. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I mean, Papa, Papa Hallis created the league with some other folks. And he has that, that franchise hasn't had a quarterback since. I mean, not just 20 years. I mean, ever. The 70s, the 80s. And pretty amazing. So I think Fields is in a 
pretty darn good landing spot. I mean, if you remember, I mean, they also traded up for Tevin Jenkins to help that offense. And now all of a sudden, maybe Allen Robinson's a little happier and Cole Komet looks decent mm-hmm. and Cohen returns. And uh, I think the offense is in pretty good shape. And that coaching staff, people forget, but they came from the Andy Reid, Kansas City tree. You know, like, they're not a conservative, you know, group there. I think they're going to try to run their offense like the Chiefs do. I love to hear that. Uh, Justin Fields looks like the fourth pick in our Superflex rookie ADP. Again, uh, about 120 real, actual rookie drafts. Uh, are are underway. Some of them already completed. So we've got some good data over at DLF. Check that out. Uh, the fifth and final first round quarterback, of course, was Mac Jones. And, and this is basic. It basically played out how we thought it would. If he wasn't the third overall pick to San Francisco, he was going to fall. He was going to be the QB five in the class. That's exactly what happens. Falls. Uh, right in the laps of the New England Patriots. Um, and, you know, you already heard the comparisons to Tom Brady, uh, even down to the, the waistline and the physique. So uh, <laughs> I, I do feel like it's it's a great pick for New England. Uh, I think it, it's a perfect pairing. Um, you can you can talk about uh, the, the connection between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick as well. That certainly did not hurt. Uh, your thoughts on Jones with the Pats? Yeah, I do think it's perfect. Uh, that that style of play, obviously the way that Brady facilitated it for so many years, was extremely fruitful for them. Uh, he's going to get too many Brady comparisons, but their style of play is similar. Um, I still don't think the weapons there are phenomenal, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to steal this from, from Mike Lombardi, who's obviously very dialed in with that organization and the NFL in general. But I was listening to Lombardi's podcast, and he was saying, and others have speculated this, that the Saints were highly, highly interested first to move up for a corner, like in the top 10, Sertain or one of those guys, then to get ahead of New England for Mac Jones. You know, they're a very aggressive organization. And what Lombardi said, what really stuck with me was, so Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and Kyle Shanahan all were super high on this guy. Like, who do you what's what's better than that? I mean, what's better for your resume than saying those four quarterback slash football minds were all after this guy? So, my hunch is he was pretty well respected in the scouting community by the right people. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, I do want to talk about the the day two quarterbacks really quickly, but before we do that, let's let's think about. Uh, these three that we focused on today, Trey Lance in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Fields with the Bears and Andy Dalton, and then Mac Jones and Cam Newton in New England. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with Lance, but what are your thoughts on uh, how long each of these rookies have to wait? Do you think any of them uh, end up starting from from day one, from week one, like we expect with Wilson and Trevor Lawrence? I bet at least one of them does. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who. I think all three possibly could, you know, which is crazy. Sure. Um, I think I would put the over-under at one. You know, if two were there as the opening day starters, you win you know, the over. Um, but I think at least one will, don't you? Maybe I'd put it at one and a half. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a good chance. I mean, just... just I'm not sure who. But. You know, by the math alone, I think there's a good chance. Um 
I feel like I the Bears. I don't think those guys are waiting long either. I don't right. think the Bears or, Patri- or Patriots are waiting long. Well, the I mean, the Bears and that coaching staff, that 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 leadership in general, it's been made pretty clear that this is their last chance. They've got to mm-hmm. turn this thing around and be competitive. Uh, I, I think that makes Fields of of these three the uh, the favorite to start right away, and the the San Francisco coaching staff, and obviously the New England coaching staff. Uh, have have a little more leeway. Can really do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, just like in the NFL draft, all five of these rookie quarterbacks are first rounders in Dynasty Rookie ADP as well. We talked about Lawrence and Lance at the top. Fields at four overall. Zach Wilson at seven overall. And Mac Jones, a nice little value down at the 1.11 in those Superflex rookie drafts. We had one second-round quarterback that was with the last pick of the second round, Kyle Trask, to the Buccaneers. They had been rumored to to maybe be interested in adding a quarterback, which makes sense. Um, you know, we, we have the same conversation about Tom Brady every year. He's not getting any younger, but maybe he actually is. I don't know. Kyle Trask <laughs> to Tampa Bay. There were a couple of third rounders as well. Kellen Mond to the Vikings. Uh, you know, there, there seems to be a group of Vikings fans and certainly fantasy players who are just always a little disappointed in Kirk Cousins, just never quite good enough. So we'll see what happens with Mond there. And then maybe the most interesting, the, the Texans take Davis Mills and, and that pick prompted uh, a report from, uh, from Daniel Jeremiah and from others essentially saying, we're never going to see Deshaun Watson uh, on the field for the Texans again, either yeah. either through trade or through suspension. It's a similar conversation that we've had on here. Not that we were reporting it, but it was certainly an opinion that both of us shared uh, that that would be likely. So let's uh, put yourself in that super flex rookie mock draft, Matt. Uh, let, let's say it's late in the second round. These mm-hmm. guys are all on, on the board. Whether you need a quarterback or not, you can always use another quarterback in a super flex league. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. Which one are you taking late in the second round of a rookie draft? I'm going the opposite order that you just mentioned. And I think Mills has early playing time going for him. I think what Mond has going for him is that Kirk Cousins makes 30-some million dollars. You know, I mean, when it comes to cap space and whatnot, if Mond looks good, you can take that cheap option. And the problem with Trask to me is clearly he's not playing this year, probably next. And even by then, it doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be the successor. Yep, I totally agree. That would be the order. I would have those guys as well. I think Mills is is, is worth a gamble at that point. We, we've seen yeah. him. Uh, we've seen his value increase in those super flex leagues. Uh, but but not to the point where he, he's not worth the gamble. So, yeah, late second round even, uh, certainly in the third round range. I would look at, at any of those three, but I think Davis Mills makes the most sense. Matt, when we come back, we'll cover uh, these tight ends, of course, focused on Kyle Pitts. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA... 
uh, NHL, they're in full swing. Baseball's rolling along. There's all kinds of prop bets you can do with co- with college or with football as well. The NFL, Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On, all one word, all caps. That's Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Um, it's big here in our house. Trust me, when a box arrives, they do not last long. And my young teenage son has been just getting into hitting the weights lately. And he's growing like a weed. And these Built Bars, he just rips through them. And I'm perfectly fine with it. It's great for him. And they have some even new ones coming out that are even more delicious. Uh, they have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. The six new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcotta, le- lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. And there's a dozen original flavors as well. Uh, they're super healthy. Um, they are uh, great, like I said, for my son. I mean, peanut butter uh, flavor has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Um, the cherry ricotta one has 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. So here's what you do. Uh, they've reset their promo code for the relaunch of these six new flavors. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Matt, in many ways, the tight end conversation in this 2021 NFL draft begins and ends with Kyle Pitts. Uh, We did see Pitts become the highest drafted tight end ever. He goes fourth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. There wasn't really a a bad landing spot for Pitts, but... um, the, the closer we got to the draft, it became pretty clear that that this uh, this Falcons team was going to be uh, where he ended up, and, and that's how it played out. Uh, obviously, Hayden Hurst is there. We've seen Austin Hooper have success in this offense. Uh, I, I think they're going to throw the ball all over the field. This is a pretty that's exciting, it. pretty exciting landing spot uh, and situation for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about him a lot. Everyone knows who he is. Sure. He's a superstar talent. Um, should be very high in your rookie, even if it's not a tight end premium situation. I, I wonder, even in redraft, I mean, everyone knows rookie tight ends don't do anything, but I've had conversations with people that say he's a guaranteed top five, you know, uh, redraft pick a tight end. Mm-hmm. I, I can't argue. Yeah, I think that's that's what we're seeing, and uh, I mean, many have been kind of on on this train uh, since early in the in the off season, or maybe even before that. Pitt should be a high pick. I know I was one who was was hesitant and doubtful. We even talked about it with Scott Connor uh, a couple weeks ago, and 
just the more you, you watch him, the more you think about the situation, the more you look at really the overall tight end landscape that we've, we've got the, the two guys at the top and and Kelsey and Kittle. And uh, if you want to throw Darren Waller in there, he's certainly produced the past couple of years, but uh, all three of those guys are a a little bit older. Uh, Both uh, Kelsey, certain, you know, Kelsey, obviously over 30 years old already. Um, Kittle's had a little bit of injury concern. Is, is it crazy to consider Kyle Pitts the tight end one in dynasty right now? A little. Just because Kittle and Kelsey are so productive and they're not slowing down anytime soon. Kittle, I mean, Kelsey's coming off a historically great season. But maybe it just depends how your team's structured. You know, if it's a dynasty startup and you don't want that old tight end, maybe you would take Pitts ahead of him. And again, like that rookie conversation, I, I can't disparage it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it feels like there's a difference between talking about rankings versus ADP versus trades. But I know when I'm drafting a new team, and I think rankings have the most to do with uh, with a new draft, you know, most closely associated with, with a startup draft. When I'm drafting a new team, I want to draft a player who not only can produce, but who can also gain some value. And yeah, right. Honestly, no matter what Travis Kelsey does this year, he he's not going to gain value. I think there's there's some some meat on the bone for George Kittle that he could uh, continue to to ascend and, and gain value, but Kelsey's not going to. If if I've got Kyle Pitts on my team, I'm not trading him for Travis Kelsey. It, honestly, there's just no way. Uh, talking about a, basically a ten year age difference between those two at this point. Yeah, it's a pretty strong argument. You're right. I mean, Kelsey has peaked without question. I mean, I have a hard time envisioning Waller's stock going up a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Late breakout guy and uh, has been has been great the past couple of years, but uh, that late late breakout has cost him some value. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let's talk about one of your boys, Pittsburgh Steelers. In the second round, take Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, so he gets to stay home. Uh, they have, they've already got Eric Ebron there, who I, I thought played pretty well last year. Yeah, um, as a receiver. Right. So what's the what's the thought on Fryermuth, and what value do you see from a dynasty standpoint? They really like him. Um, you know, they see some Heath Miller in him. You know, mm-hmm. is more of an inline Y, although he, he was mostly detached at Penn State. Um, Ebron, this could be his last year in Pittsburgh. You know, and I think that the Steelers are preparing for. You know, life without Ben, whoever the next quarterback is, you, you can envision Fryermuth having a decent rookie season season and being a very friendly receiver along with Najee Harris for whoever that next quarterback is. And in the meantime, I think he's going to play a lot with Ebron. And I'm not even sure that, that Ebron, I'm not even positive Ebron won't be back, but I think there's a chance that there's his last year in Pittsburgh. So do you think uh, maybe in those tight end premium leagues that Fryermuth could have some value long term. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think he's a, a big picture guy for them. Yeah. All right. We saw a a trio of day three tight ends. The the first one, and really the one I want to ask you about here, Matt, and we'll we'll finish up the show with this is Hunter Long. The the Dolphins spend the eighty first overall pick on the Boston College tight end. Uh, pretty solid receiver. Really can can kind of do it all. Uh, Good player. We know they have Mike Gusecki there as well. 
do you think this this hurts Kaseki, or is it more of just uh, the idea of adding just another weapon? I think it's similar to the Steelers, actually, because Kaseki and Ebron, they have TE next to their name, but they're really just big slot receivers. You know, they don't block anybody. We, you know, we're long and Fryermuth can align inside, and, and not many tight ends now block well like they used to, but at least they'll compete in that department and get better. So, you know, in both cases, I think there's plenty of times when only the rookie will be on the field, where only Ebron or Gusecki will be on the field, and when both will be on the field. Um, I like Fryermuth better, you know, I mean, I think he's the better prospect, but I think there's in a similar vein there. All right, that sounds good. So those are your day one and day two quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Marcus and Kate are going to cover a dynasty rookie mock draft that the four of us participated in. So make sure you tune in, check that out. But that is it for today's show. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.